Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, morning Russell. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. And we say, Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for a new day. We thank you that we are alive. We thank you that you fill our bodies with health and strength. And you pour out your spirit into us, Lord, that our spirits are nourished and charged to hear from you, to receive of your anointing, to receive of your revelation, to receive from your word, that faith which comes by hearing from what is written there and hearing between the lines of what you say to us about what is written there. We thank you, Father, that you also pour your peace and your joy into our hearts so that every time we need to make our prayer, despite all the challenges that seem to be bothering us, that seem to overbear us with worry, it is your joy that helps us overcome that, to rise above it and make our prayer from that state of joy. When we release our faith with the knowledge that what we have prayed for in faith shall come to us. And that same peace and joy, Father, we want to share this morning with all those that are part of this prayer meeting, this praying family called by your name. We share it with all those for whom prayers have been requested on this group. All those that have no one to pray for them. Every Christian that does not know you personally, you are still that Jesus that hangs on the cross in the church that they see once a week and have nothing to do with you personally. And we share that same peace and joy with all those that do not want to know you, that have chose to turn away from even that minimal contact. And we ask for a quickening in their spirits as well, Lord, that they might call on your name and be saved. So as we make our prayer this morning, we call on the name of our God, the one who is our Father, our Maker our creator, the great I am. The one who makes the parched land a pool of water and the thirsty land springs of water for us. The one who has made for us a way of holiness and he blots out our transgressions and remembers them no more. The ancient of days. And the name of Jesus, his son, who is our daily bread, the word himself that became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And now through revelation is alive and active like a double-edged sword and lives within us, taking root like a seed that is germinating, transforming our lives. The author and the finisher of our destiny, our wonderful counselor and prince of peace. And we pray in the name of his spirit, the spirit of the living God, the spirit of Jesus, that same spirit that created everything in existence at the spoken word of the Father and now gives life to our mortal body that we are transformed and renewed. The one who reveals the deep and secret things of the Father, the breath of the Father in our spirit, the spirit of victory who partners with us to take us on our journey to abundance and to dominion. The one who shows us the image and likeness that God has created us in and helps us achieve that same image and likeness by imitating the life of Jesus. 
We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with the gift of your word and your spirit, that you have not left us weak and vulnerable. We thank you that you give us your principles, your promises, your prophecies, everything in your word that we can use and benefit from. You teach us to profit from that word, Father. We thank you that you have blessed us with the angels and destiny help us to fill the gaps where we fall short, to carry out the things that we can't. We thank you, Father, that you gave us the legal system of prayer to officially, legally authorize you to step into our circumstances when we are beyond our depths. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us <clears throat> with life and with everything in it. We thank you that you have blessed us with this opportunity to come to you. To be in your presence is such a privilege. And there are not so many that have that opportunity. We thank you, Lord, that we are able to connect with you in our spirit. So we are able to tell you all our deepest thoughts and our concerns. Raise them up in prayer. And you open up the heavens for that prayer to reach you. And we connect with you in our spirit and make our prayer in the spirit. We thank you that you are teaching us this powerful series of praying in the spirit. Last Friday and this Friday as well. That you open our eyes to deeper mysteries from your word. Of how you want us to pray. And how we can actually arise to a position of abundance and dominion by understanding these deeper principles that you make available to us. Your system of advantage that you reveal to us through your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us. And as we make our prayer and our reflection this day, I cover and seal every word we speak by the precious blood of Jesus. I also cover every person that is part of this prayer meeting, everyone that is a beneficiary of any prayer request and every member of every family that is part of this prayer group. By your precious blood, Lord. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will, your holy and perfect pure will. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us, to keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, and any kind of natural disasters. I command that angelic protection in the mighty name of Jesus. And as we pray in our reflection this morning, we herald the power in our word, remembering that life and death is in the power of our tongue. Just as your word says in Isaiah 55 verses 10 and 11, that as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it, without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is our word that goes out of each of our mouths, that it will not return to us empty, but will accomplish what we desire and will achieve the purpose for which we send it when we send it in faith in the mighty name of Jesus and in accordance with the will of the Father. We thank you, Lord for that answered and fulfilled prayer. And today as we pray, let us reflect on the most important and yet most basic principle or should we call it a law of prayer. 
where the Lord taught us, ask and you shall receive. And the word shall that he uses there means it is a definite. <clears throat> it is not maybe. It is not I will think about it. So what is missing then? Why do we not have answered prayer? And there are many other reasons like unforgiveness or unconfessed sin that go into it. But today I want us to dwell on the asking and the receiving. Jesus said, when you ask, you should receive. So let's look at what he said in John 16, verses 23 to 27. And I'll quote the amplified version here which, with all its extensions in it. And he wrote, in that day, which day that is he referring to? For that, we need to look at the previous verses in John chapter 16, where he talks about the joy in prayer. When you are asking, having that joy and uses the example of a pregnant woman who carries the joy of the outcome that she expects at the end of her pregnancy. It is with that joy that she goes through it. And he says, when you understand that joy and you carry that joy, when you learn to have that joy while being pregnant with your prayer request, in that day, you will not need to ask me about anything. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name as my representative, he will give you. Until now, you have not asked the Father for anything in my name. But now ask and keep on asking and you will receive so that your joy may be full and complete. I have told you these things in figurative language, in veiled language and proverbs. But the hour is now coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I am not saying to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, because it will be unnecessary. For the Father himself tenderly loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from the Father. A beautiful extension of those verses which we would normally miss in the regular version. And so he says, ask the Father directly in my name. You don't have to ask me and then I will ask him. Although we say he is our advocate seated at the right hand of the Father. He just advocates for all that we ask the Father directly in his name. Now, in asking the Father, there are two things to remember. The first one I'd like to point to is Hebrews 11, verse 6, which says, Without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please God. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Now you need to know who you are asking. And that's what this really means. That he is the maker of all things. As 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 says, 
And he is able to make every grace abound towards us. Yes, grace, that unmerited thing that we are asking for. He is able to make every grace abound towards us. The problem is that we do not trust him that much. The average Christian in their experience does not know him enough to trust him. And does not know his words or does not know how to ask. We trust the preacher more and that's where we fall short. Because we know him more than we know God. And be careful if this is how your prayer is. Your dependency is high on the preacher and has nothing to be and has nothing to do with what or who God is. That's where faith comes in before you ask. We must have that faith. Faith comes from knowing, from hearing and hearing from or by the word of God. Not from something that someone else has told us. Be very careful to border on superstition if you are not relying or your faith is not relying on the word. It's relying on hearsay. When you learn more about him through the word, that builds faith. And then you ask. Asking of a God who we do not know will not get you results. When he wanted to send Moses to Pharaoh, even Moses said, I don't know you. When Moses encountered him on the hill, I mean, he said, I don't know you. The question he asked is, whom should I say sent me if Pharaoh asks? Likewise, you need to know who he is. Once Moses knew, that gave him the confidence to go and stand before Pharaoh and fulfill his ministry. In our case, we are just asking, but you need to know who you are asking. Then, with faith, you believe what you know of him. And as Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Those who diligently try to know him more and find out more about him. It is not that casually asking and thinking that if I get, it's okay. If I don't, it's fine. Or still worse, if I don't get it, then I'll grumble. Their asking has to be diligent and sincere. Apostle James says in James 1 verses 6 and 7, he says, ask in faith, not wavering, for a double-minded man will receive nothing from the Lord. A double-minded is one who is not sure, who is thinking yes and maybe no as well. So trust that he will provide when you ask. Don't doubt. And that trust can only come with relationship. When we stay with him and when we know him more. And number two, when you ask, you ask according to his will. 1 John 5 verse 14 says, when we ask according to his will, he hears us. But often as James 4 verse 3 says, we don't ask at all. 
We just expect that God knows everything, so he should take care of things. Even without we asking. Now he knows your problems and he sympathizes with you. But he will not move until you ask. He needs your permission to step into your circumstance. So not asking is not going to help. And the second thing is not asking in accordance with his will, which we just saw in 1 John 5 verse 14. And James touches on that as well. He says, if we do ask, then we ask for our wants and not for our needs. And there's a difference between the two. James calls them the lust of the flesh. That is our wants. We ask from a fleshly perspective only. They are not for the growth of our spirit or for the growth of God's kingdom. And when that agenda is not ticked, then we are not asking according to his will. And when this is the case in our requests, then they amount to, as James says, they amount to asking amiss. You ask and you have not because you ask amiss. That is why in James 4 verse 3, he says, you ask, but you don't receive. We need to analyze our asking in our prayer, in our place of prayer on these lines. Am I not even asking at all or am I asking amiss? Or the still more bigger question is, do I know God enough? Do I have a relationship with the one that I am asking of? Do I even see him as my father? Or am I just reading what someone wrote in a book without understanding that prayer? That prayer made without understanding, barely reading it from someone else's experience will not get you an answer. We need to understand the prayer we make. And you need to understand who you are making that prayer to. Asking is a very simple form of prayer. But we need to bear these in mind. When we ask, else we won't receive. And now let's go back to John 16 verse 24 where Jesus said, Until now you have not asked the Father for anything in my name. But now that you know something, ask and keep on asking and you will receive so that your joy may be full and complete. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for that discernment, for that understanding so that we analyze our asking, so that we realign all those areas of our prayer in our asking and receiving that are amiss. Knowing that when it is aligned, knowing that when our relationship with you working, is working in the right direction, knowing that when our heart's condition is in the right place, that asking is then under an open heaven, that prayer that we make to you reaches you and you honor that faith and you answer our prayer. We ask for that discernment for that edification in our spirit this day. We ask for that enlightenment, that wisdom and that understanding, Lord, of how to make our prayer. So that every time when we speak, when we ask, that is 
a prayer that will bring an answer. And as we pray for our spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease, those that are hospitalized. We pray for all families that are battling division and separation, even in its smallest forms, small misunderstandings. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives, including addictions, mental disorders, all kinds of compulsive behaviors. And the most common where we have fallen down on prayerlessness, poverty, busyness, and ignorance of your will and your word, Lord. We pray also for all those of our friends and our family that are not yet saved, that have not yet given their life and their heart to you. Quicken them, O Father, that they shall call on your name. And we know that everyone that calls on your name shall not end up in shame, but shall be delivered. We raise our own personal needs as well at this altar today, Lord. Knowing that everything that we ask for now in that spirit is an answered prayer. We carry that joy in our heart that expectation and that with that confidence we release our faith father that you are a father and that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you we thank you lord that you have heard us and you always hear us and when we make this prayer in the spirit and release our faith as a prayer of agreement that which we have released must not come back empty but fulfill everything that we sent it to fulfill, just as we have declared from your word in Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. I encourage all those that can pray in tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift of tongues to release your tongue and your faith, ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer in the Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. Make it a prayer of agreement with Him and with each other here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Sandra <laughs> <laughs> 
Sanda Papa Piyasa Lekiyas 
In the mighty name of Amen and Amen, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The scripture being given today is from Romans 4, 16 and 17. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, for he is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God, in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have a couple of scriptures that have been shared in the chat. The first one is from Isaiah 54, verses 13 to 17, quoted from the NRSV, where it is written, All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the prosperity of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. If anyone stirs up strife, it is not from me. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. 
See, it is I who have created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon fit for its purpose. I have also created the ravager to destroy. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper and you shall confute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the saints of the Lord and their vindication from me, says the Lord. Second verse shared is from Isaiah 49, verse 16. Again quoted from the NRSV, which says, See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. And the third one is from Romans chapter 2, verse 4, that says, God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. So trust that you will receive relief and rest when you surrender and his goodness will motivate you to let go. And then we also have another one, which is from Hebrews 4, verse 12. And while I'm looking that up, I shall read the next one, which is Ephesians 6, verse 12, quoted from the NIV. That says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And the previous one, going back to that, from Hebrews 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are benefiting from these reflections, please share them with your family and your friends and invite them to, to uh, join us on our Friday Bible study session as well. The topic for this Friday is a continuation of last week's topic, which is praying in the Holy Spirit. This is the second part and we will continue to learn in depth of what it means to pray in the Spirit and we will learn that the Holy Spirit is our prayer partner and intercessor. And he knows exactly what we need. We shall share links for them to join on Zoom and YouTube later this morning on our Telegram page. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us, let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory.
We're blessed and have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone. Have a wonderful day. Shalom, everybody.